Welcome to Lasting Change, the show that can help you achieve your goals and change your mindset by building healthy habits around things like fitness, nutrition, ADHD management, and anything else that can help you shoot for the stars. My name is Marnie Slater. I'm a personal trainer, nutritionist, behavior change specialist, and honestly, a whole bunch of other random things that don't really matter right now. So if you're ready to get inspired, let's dig in. Hello and welcome back. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be touching on the topic of depression. Now, whether you have depression or you don't have depression, this might be a valuable episode to listen to for different reasons. I want to tell you a little bit about my experience with depression. I'm hoping that my stories might either give you some insight into yourself or insight into someone that you love that might be going through a similar situation. So whether you have depression or you don't, I'm hoping that you can get some sort of value out of this episode because all of us know someone that's suffering with depression. And it doesn't matter if you're one of those people that doesn't really believe in depression, whatever that might mean. I'm really hoping that you can just draw from my experience and understand that everyone's going through something different. So I encourage you to listen, even if you're getting that slight inkling that you don't want to listen to this episode. Because sometimes hearing someone else's story can open up your eyes to something that you didn't even know about or that you didn't know that someone that you are close to is experiencing. Now, I'd like you to keep in mind that depression hits everyone differently. My experience is not necessarily everyone else's experience. So this is coming from my perspective. Other people might be coming from a totally different place. So please keep that in mind as we go through this episode. Now, one thing that I think that is pretty neat about my experience with depression is that I almost believe that I've had two separate experiences with it. So I'm going to go through both experiences. One of them is kind of currently going on, and one was from quite a few years ago. So I'm going to take you back to the first incident that I had with depression, and it was quite a many years, so we'll call it incident, but really it was a good chunk of my life. And back then, I handled it very differently than I did with my more recent experience. The first time I ever remember feeling anything that could resemble depression, and this is of course looking back and being able to recognize the signs, at the time I did not recognize them. When I was in high school in grade nine, I lost one of my best friends uh, very suddenly to meningitis. And that was the first time that I noticed a really big change in my demeanor and how I interacted with others and how I was able to cope with the world around me. Now, at the time, I did not recognize this as depression, nor did anyone else really around me. I felt like I had the support that I needed, and I felt like I was just grieving in a very normal way. When I moved on to college, I then lost my uncle, whom I was very close to. And it was at that point that I really consider a big turning point in my life. So between the time when I lost my friend in grade nine and I lost my uncle a few days before my 21st birthday. Those years were very interesting in the fact that I persevered through what I consider my first sort of episode of depression. I dug myself out in grade 10. I was pretty down in the dumps, but grade 11 and 12, I really pulled myself up and I was getting good grades. I was grad president. I did all of the things that made it seem like to the outside world, I was completely fine. When I look back at it now, I very much recognize that I wasn't. I was putting on a front. I was performing. Not to say that it was all bad, 
but it's certainly noticeable when I look back now that I was putting on a front. I was performing for some people. I was not performing at my best and I was not happy. Now, when I got to college, I started to obviously drink and that's how I managed my emotions. And because high school wasn't a time in my life where I did start drinking, and I'm very thankful for that, I didn't have that coping mechanism. And I believe that I used overachieving as a coping mechanism at the time. I threw myself into schoolwork and soccer and extracurriculars. And that's how I did not have to manage my emotions because I was too busy to even bother thinking about them. Now, once I got out of school, I took a year off and I was just working. And it was during that year that I started to drink quite heavily. And that's when I noticed a real difference in how I was able to cope with my emotions. Before, I was able to ignore them because I was too busy. Once I didn't have that busyness to keep me occupied, I needed something else. And so I turned to alcohol. If you listen to my first episode, you'll hear a little bit more about my battles with alcohol. But getting back on track with depression, when I went to college, and this was during my heavy drinking years, I lost my uncle very suddenly. And that was when I really started to spiral. My college roommates noticed, my parents noticed, a lot changed at that moment. My depression all of a sudden started to look very different. I stopped being able to look after myself in the most basic ways. I wasn't getting out of bed. I wasn't brushing my teeth. Some days I wasn't even going to bed. I would sit on the couch and watch TV until I probably passed out. And then my roommates would wake me up the next day. Everyone around me could see that I was in a spiral and I didn't know what to do. I was very close to quitting college just a few months before graduation. And I'm very thankful I didn't. I'm not quite sure how I pulled that through, but I'm very thankful I did because I ended up graduating. Things didn't go so well for me after that. I let my depression and my alcohol abuse really get in the way of everyday life. I had multiple jobs. I was using excuse after excuse after excuse for being late, for being lazy, for not achieving my work. And it was really unfortunate because I got given a really great opportunity after school and I threw it away. For many years, I hid behind my addiction, and my addiction was hiding my depression. There were days when I couldn't get out of bed. There were days when I couldn't get dressed to go to work, so I would make up some excuse to not show up to work. There's only so many times that you can tell people you're sick, so I started making up other excuses. One of the things that I cringe to look back on is one excuse in particular. I had told my boss at the time that I had fallen and hit my head really hard. Now, the true reason that I didn't show up to work was because I could not bring myself to get out of bed. But instead of getting out of bed, I needed to commit to the excuse. And I needed to have something that had shown that I had gotten injured on my head. So I took a book that I had, a hardcover textbook, and I hit myself repeatedly on the head until I bled just so that I would have an injury to show and prove that I wasn't making up my excuse. Now I look back at that and I'm, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it and just thinking about how bad I was at the time. I would rather make up a lie and hurt myself to commit to that lie 
then tell the truth or seek help. I didn't even know that help was an option at the time. So if you're in this kind of a situation, please know you can always ask for help. I was juggling so many lies at the time that I don't know how I kept my head on straight. I'm sure people knew that I was full of shit. There's no way that they didn't. Someone can't call in sick to work multiple, multiple times each month. This is what I look back on and see crippling depression. And this was when I was in the deepest, darkest place of my life. To the outside world, it might have looked that I was just a lazy 20-something that didn't want to go to work and didn't want to earn a living. But that could not have been farther from the truth. I craved leaving my house. I desperately wanted to get back to some sort of a normal life, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. If you're in this stage of life, please know that you can get out of this. It's not forever. You can make a change. Once I was finally at a point where I decided to seek help, and again, listen to that first episode if you want to hear that story, I knew that so much of what I was going through was situational. I had put myself in a position where I was drinking heavily. I was living in a crappy apartment. I was surrounding myself with negativity. I was hanging out at the bar every day after work when I did go to work. Some days I would call in sick and go sit at the bar because I was lonely and sad. And I was surrounding myself with a lot of other lonely, sad people. And some of these people are wonderful people still to this day. Wonderful people who are stuck in a loop of bad habits. And I was going right there with them. So when I first started going to counseling and got diagnosed with severe depression, I was asked if I wanted to go on medication. And now at the time, I was still a skeptic about depression in general. I didn't know if I fully believed in it. I thought I just needed to pull up my bootstraps and get my shit together. And so that's what I decided to do. Now, instead of going on medication, I decided to move. I stopped drinking. I changed my friend group. And I started seeking out positive people. And a lot of that was thanks to the group that I had met in rehab. And I became so close with so many people there. And it really encouraged me to seek positivity and light and happiness in this world. So that first time when I pulled myself out of that really dark, deep depression, I changed my situations and everything changed. I did this without medication because I was lucky enough to have a counselor at the time that told me that medication can only go so far. If you continue to be in these horrible situations and surrounded by negativity, medication can't save you from that. But what it can do is maybe help give you that nudge out of the hole so that you can start making some of those changes. So medication has its absolute perks and I was willing to explore that route, but I also felt at the time that I had enough power in myself to be able to start those steps on my own. And that's what I did. I changed everything about my life. I flipped it upside down. I still haven't spoken to some of those people that I used to hang out with. Now, that was my first big experience. And looking back, I can see the way that I was living my life 
And how I got there doesn't necessarily matter. But I knew that I was putting myself in horrible situations and surrounded by negativity. And I could never get better if I continued my life like that. So I changed that situation. And I'm so thankful that it pulled me out of that hole. Now, fast forward five or six years. I was in a pretty good place in my life. I had recently gone through a breakup that crushed me. I was heartbroken. But luckily, I had learned enough about myself about how to overcome. And so that didn't necessarily drag me down as much as it could have if that had have happened earlier in my life and without all of these life lessons that I had gone through. Following that breakup, I was put in a position where I had to move and I had to change jobs. I ended up finding a dream job where I got to work away from home on a train. I loved every minute of it. It was an amazing job. It gave me freedom in my time. I earned enough that I wasn't worried about money. And I got to hang out with amazing people and see spectacular views along the way. I was in a great place. And yet I found myself on the days where I got to be home, I couldn't get out of bed some days. I had big hopes and dreams about running my business and I couldn't bring myself to do the work. I was frozen. I couldn't accomplish basic things like cleaning my house, showering, doing laundry. Everything felt so difficult to me. I recognized these things as signs of depression only because I was so hyper aware of them from my previous experience with it. But what I couldn't grasp was how I was feeling this way when I had such a great life. I was surrounding myself with positivity. I was in a happy place. I wasn't broke. What was going on? Why can't I get out of bed? Why am I crying myself to sleep? I couldn't figure it out. While I was trying to figure this out, March 2020 hit. The pandemic happened and I lost this dream job. After a few months of flailing around at another job that I had gotten just to pay the bills, I made the decision to move back closer to my family. I bought a trailer, renovated it, decided to live in it full time while I got to be close to my family. It was a great time to make a massive change given the level of unpredictability in our world. I consider this one of the best moves I've ever made. And I was in such a great place. I had the support and love of family. And I got a new job that I loved working in the fitness industry full time. And I developed this wonderful support system of amazing people through the gym. And I still have that to this day. And I'm so thankful. But these little feelings were still creeping in. Some days I would just cry for no reason. Some days I would just need a hug. And thankfully, I had people at the gym that were willing to do that for me. But I would find myself spending all day every day at the gym so that I didn't have to come home and not accomplish all of the things that I knew I had on my list, like cleaning the house, cooking a meal, getting the homework done for some of the courses that I was taking. I couldn't bring myself to do those things, and I didn't understand why. I think we've all had these people in our lives that just can say they're going to do something and they do it. And when you're one of the people that can't, you feel like an utter failure. Why can't I do what they're doing? 
How are they living such an easy life? Why is this so easy for them? And if you're one of those people that I might be talking about, in no way do I think that your life is easy. But I do want you to hear that it's not that easy for some people to do basic things like make your bed, clean your house, buy groceries. It's the little things in life that can sometimes feel the hardest when you're going through feelings like this. And having someone just say, just do it, or you just need to make the time for it, or you need to schedule it in, that doesn't help. We know that you're coming from a place of love and want to help, but that doesn't help. So please, when you have someone telling you that they're struggling to do these things, please don't tell them to just work a little harder or to schedule it into their lives because you don't know what they're going through. And I still don't fully understand why these things happen, but they do. And unfortunately, it's a reality that you have to face when you're living with something like depression or ADHD. And those two things go hand in hand for so many people, whether they're diagnosed or not. Now, I was lucky enough at the time that my very dear friend, Ella, introduced the idea to me that maybe, just maybe, have I ever considered that I might have ADHD. This is something I had never considered before. To me, ADHD was something where you couldn't sit still. And it happened in little kids. So why, why would I ever think that I had that? So it wasn't until she introduced this idea to me that I started just sniffing around. I started following some Instagram pages. I did a little bit of Googling. And all of a sudden, I started to realize how much of these things are clicking. So many things started to line up for me. And I got emotional because if this was the case, there were so many things that I had gone through in life that I maybe didn't have to suffer through if I had even known that this was a possibility. Now, one thing about ADHD, especially undiagnosed, especially in adult women, is that it can go hand in hand with depression and anxiety. Why had I never heard this before? Why is this not something that everyone is being made aware of to look out for? Because once I knew this information, I looked around and it's all I could see. Now, this topic is about depression, not ADHD. That's for another time. But now realizing that my depression could be happening with something else in mind, this was mind boggling to me. And so I went and I got an official diagnosis. While I was waiting for my consult with a psychiatrist, the doctor that I had gone to, who wasn't able to diagnose me, but was able to prescribe something for me, asked me if I wanted to try an antidepressant that can be used off-label for adults with ADHD. And at the time, I just needed to do something. And I was probably a couple months away from my meeting with my psychiatrist. So I said, sure. I've got nothing to lose at this point. I know I've suffered with depression for my entire life. What's the harm in trying an antidepressant? It might help my ADHD. That was seven months ago. The past seven months have been some of the most uplifting, 
and empowering and productive months of my life. I'm almost in tears thinking about all of that I've accomplished in the past seven months and all of the things that I didn't accomplish through the past 20 years dealing with my depression. Now, this isn't me saying that medication fixes everything, but eight months ago, I was having those little feelings creep in where getting out of bed felt really hard. I wasn't grocery shopping. I wasn't cleaning my house. I would still occasionally find myself down in the dumps, crying myself to sleep for no reason other than thinking that my life isn't where it should be. So I consider three major things that have helped me with this change. The first one is not drinking. I haven't had a drink for almost a year, and I wasn't drinking heavily before that, but I would still find myself out, have one drink, and it would make me feel like crap. And I found myself going home and going, I really didn't need that drink. And so I decided to stop just because I didn't need it. It wasn't some big traumatic event. It wasn't me saying I have to stop. It was me just going, why? I can be just as happy without it. The second thing that changed was just getting that diagnosis. It's amazing the changes that can happen when you just have a little bit of insight into what's going on in your mind and your body. That made a big difference, just being aware that I'm not alone in this, that this is something that a lot of people struggle with. And it's not just me being lazy. And then the third thing was the medication. The first time I went through my phase of depression, I knew it was situational. Medication might not have helped that. But this second time through, my situation was excellent. So I knew I had to do something different than I had done before, and medication was the answer for that. Now I've been on it for seven months. I don't know how long I'm going to be on it. Is it going to be forever? Is it going to be a year? Is it going to be five years? I have no idea, and I'm open to any of the possibilities. But what I do know about this medication is that it gave me that leg up to be able to do the basic daily tasks that I wasn't keeping up with in order to thrive in other areas of my life. I was trying to grow my business while barely being able to keep my house in order. I would come home looking for inspiration for the next great business idea or social media post or planning new workout ideas. And I would come home to a mess. And I don't know about you, but messes are not very inspiring to me. I felt like I got just that leg up so that I could start getting my dishes done before I went to bed. I set a new rule for myself that I would never go to bed with a dirty dish in my sink. And I've been able to keep that up for the past seven months. I've tried to set that rule before and it never worked. I swapped out a dining room table that I almost never used other than to just put things on and collect extra dust on. I swapped it out for a desk that created a beautiful workspace for me that I get to come home to and feel inspired by and feel happy to sit there and get my work done. It's been a game changer. I have seen so much growth since I've made these changes. When you're so overwhelmed with a messy space and a to-do list that's four pages long, no wonder you can't get anything done. Your space is a representation of your mind. If you can't keep your space clean, how are you going to be able to keep your mind going and functional and efficient? 
The short answer is you don't. And this doesn't just go for anyone with depression or ADHD. A clean space can make all the difference when you're trying to be creative and efficient. It's also something to keep in mind that if you live alone, you're responsible for all of these things 100%. If you're lucky enough to have a partner that you live with and share space with, if you're not both suffering from these issues, your partner might be there to lift your spirits or clean your counters or vacuum the floor. Sometimes those little things go unnoticed when you're in a partnership. And when you live alone, there's no one else to do that. And if you don't have the ability to do those things, they pile up. So whether you have depression or ADHD, whether you're single or partnered, check on the people around you. Sometimes when people are struggling, it is not obvious. Sometimes if you ask, they're going to tell you that they're fine because that's what we're used to doing. We have to be fine just to get by in this world. So please, instead of just saying, hey, how are you doing? Ask them a question that they're going to be able to answer. If you ask us, how are you doing? We're going to say we're fine. But sometimes if you take the time to have a real conversation and ask about specific things in their lives, or start to notice their behavior, you might start to see some things that you didn't before and that that person maybe isn't capable of sharing with you. If you have someone in your life that is telling you that they are not okay, whether it's a friend, a family member, a partner, a coworker, believe them. It's not up to you whether someone's okay or not. And if someone's telling you they're not okay, one day of help isn't going to do much. Unfortunately, it takes longer than that. No one can do it alone. We like to think we can. But you need support and love in your life to be able to get better and overcome your obstacles. So if you have someone asking for support, as much as you are capable without bringing harm to yourself, please support them as long as you can. If someone tells you they're not okay this week and then they come in next week and they're in a great mood, that doesn't mean that it's forever. Maybe they're having a great day. Maybe they're having a horrible day and they're masking their feelings really well. You need to be there for them long term. Again, not to the point where it harms you. You don't want to get dragged down with them. But if you have the ability, physically, energetically, mentally, to be able to support them, they need you. Whether you believe in depression or not, whether you believe in ADHD or not, that's not up to you. That person's experience is real. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. They are feeling a certain way and they need you. So please check on your friends and family and partners. Sometimes it's not that easy to ask for help. If you're a person that's going through something right now and needs help, please reach out to someone. You don't necessarily need to be in a crisis to ask for help. It's best to ask for help before it gets to that point. If you're just having a shitty day and you need a hug, ask someone for a hug. If you know me personally and you need a hug, you can literally just walk up and hug me and I will hug you right back. This is me giving you explicit permission to walk up and hug me anytime you want to. We need more love in this world. So don't be afraid to express your love to people. 
I tell my friends I love them all the time. It's actually shocking if you think about it, how often we don't tell people that we appreciate them, and yet we'll go to them when there's something negative to say. So this is my challenge for you. The next time you see someone that you appreciate, even just one person a day, tell someone you appreciate them. Tell them you love them. Tell them they're doing a great job at whatever they're doing. It's actually shocking to realize how much we don't hear that from people. So be that person. Be the light. Smiles are contagious. Go spread one around. Thank you so much for listening to my story. Not only do I hope that this brings some sort of value to your life, but even just talking about it is bringing value to mine. So thank you for listening because this is just a wonderful experience to be able to tell my story and share it with the world. So please continue to follow along with my stories. If you want to show your appreciation for me, I would love a five-star review. That's one way that I can get the message from you that I'm bringing value to the world. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you. And guess what? I love you.